We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You know, talking with Themis Claritus off mic, I'm like, she should have come in for two hours. We got too much to talk about. Uh, and first of all, good morning, and thanks for coming in. I have a million questions, both personally and professionally. So I, I don't know where you want to start, but I guess I'll start with the personal. Was was last night difficult for you to watch when they call that race? And we just had Blumenthal on, like at 8.01. I mean, listen, anytime you run an election and you and you don't prevail, it's it's difficult to watch what follows. Um, you know, I've been in office for many years and I've gone through many elections. And, but you're like, I could have done way better. Than and that. it was it was sad because I, I really believe that Dick Blumenthal was vulnerable. I mean, the one thing I know for over the past year or two driving around and going around the state talking to people was that. <clears throat> People generally thought Ned Lamont was a nice guy. We may quibble as to his policies and the things he did or didn't do for Connecticut, but generally people thought he was a nice guy. Blumenthal people across the board, Democrats, unaffiliates, Republicans, were just sick of him. You know, sick of him. And and I do know that I was ahead with unaffiliated voters and, you know, the latest polls, and that was the point of winning a statewide election. You know, we live in Connecticut. We don't live in Alabama. Every state is treated differently. So it was difficult, but... I'm a professional, so yes, you are. And, and you know what? What's fascinating? You know, we were talking off, uh, off off Mike about this whole issue of Democrats giving to the campaigns in the primary of the most extreme candidates because they thought that they there was they were the best chance for a Democrat to win in the general. And I I termed it dirty pool, and and you're like, I don't know. I mean, that's that's politics. All's fair in love and war. Well, I mean, there are things that are dirty pool, and I've seen a lot of them. But, I mean, if you just lay it out on the line, you have two candidates running in a primary, regardless of what party is in this particular circumstance. Let's use the let's use Maryland. Governor Larry Hogan, Republican, uh, he was term limited out. Governor Larry Hogan in, in Maryland and Governor Charlie Baker in Massachusetts, two most popular governors in the country, two Republicans right. in, in, in blue states. There was the one woman that was endorsed by Governor Hogan, who was more of a of a centrist, and you have the the per- other person who was a you know a Trump um, more right wing right 
candidate. The Democrats came in and they donated the Democrat Governors Association to the candidate that ultimately prevailed. If that is not a message that the Republican Party needs to get, and it would be the same if it was the other way around, right? Right. That I, as a caucus leader and as a state representative, I want to run against the weakest candidate. I want to win as many seats. That's all of our goals. So therefore, I want my people to run against the weakest candidate. And the Democrats knew that the person that they gave money to was the weakest candidate. And the results, you know, bore that out. It was a huge win for the Democrat for governor in Maryland. And now we've lost that seat. So, you know, we all have differing of opinions on policies and we always will. And it's, it's good to differ. But we have to remember, we agree on way more than we disagree. And do we want to win in November or not? It's not about a primary win. Right. It's about a November win. And this is where we are today, the day after the election. You know, the, the biggest question I have, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. We're talking with Ozzy Palomo, Chartwell Strategy, a uh, person you know, uh, in about six minutes. And, and uh, you can have you think about it because, I, you know, I asked it. Blumenthal thinks, listen, I still think there's a, there's a better than good chance that the Republicans nationally flip the House and the Senate. It's still... I mean, Laxalt could win in Nevada and, and Johnson's ahead in Wisconsin. It looks like in, we'll get a special election in Georgia. We'll, we'll see what happens. And so even if that happens, there was everyone agrees, you know, from Lindsey Graham to, to Lindsey Lowen, there was no red wave, right? So, but what I want to ask you when we come back is why? And, you know, whether it's, we saw exit polls that, 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 that Gen Z was hugely Democrat-leaning, whether it's a repudiation of Trump, whether it's the abortion issue, uh, I, I just I, I don't we don't have time for it the second, but I really want that answer because that's the question of the day, and that's the most interesting thing to me is people's opinions as to why. So we're here with Themis Claritus, of course, a longtime Republican here in Connecticut, a former candidate for U.S. Senate, and spent plenty of time at the state capitol uh, doing a lot of work for the people of Connecticut. And we'll talk, of course, obviously, you know, what's next for you as well. Again, we got to start taping in studio uh, with the conversation. So we got Ozzy on the horn. So uh, we're here with Themis Claritus, uh, Republican, and we went, welcome in Ozzy Palomo. And I don't know if you were listening. And actually, we need to find a way. Maybe I should give you some a headset here, Themis. Hold on. Maybe you can plug that in. So you get Ozzy. How you doing, bud? Where does it go? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Brian? And hello, Themis. Hi, Ozzy. So we're going to triage this a little bit. Uh, so, Ozzy, uh, you know, the, we don't have to go through the laundry list of your predictions, although maybe we should at some, at, at some point. But what I will say is that uh, Oz didn't win. Georgia toss-up, you called it. Arizona, we don't know yet. Nevada, I th- Laxalt looks like he's going to win. Uh, you know, George Logan could still very well win the fifth and you were right on Connecticut governor and Senate, even though it was hard for you to say my question that I, and I want to get uh, Themis's take on this really is, you know, and, and I also, the caveat is I, I still think there's a really good chance that, that the Senate and the house nationally go, go red, but it wasn't a wave. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on why. Yeah, certainly look, and it wasn't the, uh, you know, the red tsunami that I think party leadership down in D.C. and others were, were anticipating and hoping for, um, and, and certainly not here in New England. I mean, we had losses on the congressional side in Rhode Island, Alan Fung, 
I think, underperformed to compare to what people were expecting. Caroline Levitt in New Hampshire won underperformed with what folks were hoping up in New Hampshire won. You know, you referenced the George Logan race. Let's hope that that kind of sticks with a, with the little lead that he has there. Um, so New England, absolutely. You know, if anything, that was not even a ripple. If you take a look like you know, states like Florida and Georgia and others, there was certainly, you know, aspects of a wave there. Uh, but I think, if anything, what it shows is that you know, we, re- we have a really divided country, both from a political perspective and it's starting to become geographically divided as, as well. Um, but to your point, I think all is not lost on the House. Now, I think Kevin McCarthy and party leadership would have wanted a much larger margin. But there's still, you know, about 95 races that remain. Most of those will be called in the next 24 to 48 hours. The California and New York races will take a little longer. New York alone, I think there's four new uh, Republican seats likely to come out of there, uh, in large part for how well Lee Zeldin performed, albeit not enough to win the governor's race. Um, so I still think you have House Republicans, you know, in that two, kind of 230-ish range going into next cycle. Um, you know, they, they currently have flipped 10. They needed six. Uh, Democrats with four, so they're already at plus six going into today. Uh, so I still think it's going to be about a 15 to 20 seat game, which is below what I had anticipated. I thought their high water mark was around 27 seats, uh, but I wasn't off by much. And then the beauty of politics is I can be wrong and, and live another day to make another projection. So, Yeah, Ozzy, I mean, I, I certainly agree with you generally, but we, we were seeing even Maggie Hassett in New Hampshire, right? I mean, they were basically calling that that Senate race. Bulldog's a bad candidate, Bulldog. though. He is, he is. But I mean, I'm just telling you, even people up there were... were and I'm sure, Ozzy, you heard this. Uh, we're, we're calling that race for Bolduck, and, and you know, she won by a large amount. Chris yeah. Pappas up there in Congress, same thing. You know, yep. He won by a good, think, good amount. Absolutely. And I think there was an element that Republicans you know, ate with their eyes and believed the hype, so to speak, going mm-hmm. into yesterday. Um, you know, Brian, you just made a point about candidates mattering. That's something that you and I had talked about. Yeah. And Thomas, I know you and I had talked about this as well. Um, you know, Don Baldick was not a good candidate. You know, Herschel Walker, even though that's going into a runoff, he's not a good was candidate. Less than a, was less yep. than an ideal candidate. He can still pull this off. So I want to be mindful of that. Uh, Doctor Oz, you know, I, you you can say it. Of, he's not a good candidate. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Monday morning quarterback. This, but I think David McCormick probably mm-hmm. would have given you know Federman a much closer race there. Uh, same thing with Arizona. I mean, Blake Masters is going to underperform. I think Mark Kelly will hold that. Adam Laxalt, a good candidate, you know, had pedigree, had experience, understood the state. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. You know, the other thing that you know is kind of the, the 800-pound gorilla in the room is, quite frankly, the party officially has a Trump problem. If if at this point you're a Republican and you're failing to acknowledge that, right. then there's nothing else anybody can tell you because you are completely sold that that we don't when we actually do. So is that? Uh, let me at, interrupt. Is so because you know I looked at the exit polling and and young people just came out so hard Democrat, and so that's an issue. The second issue was maybe women did come out for abortion, and the third issue is Trump. And you're saying that you think that. The the biggest takeaway out of the non-red wave is that there is a Trump problem. I think all three. I think all three factored into it. I mean, you referenced Gen Z. I mean, Gen Z came out a hard way, and obviously the abortion issue was much more uh, of a factor going, in, particularly here in the Northeast, uh, than, than we, I think, a lot of folks anticipated. Uh, same thing with independence. I think, you know, typically I think the party in power loses independence by kind of four percentage points. Uh, this go-around, they carried it by about one percentage point, which was enough to sway a lot of these kind of close congressional seats across the country. Uh, and then the Trump factor. I mean, he'll take credit for J.D. Vance and Ted Budd, but the reality is he endorsed late in those races when it already looked like they were going to win those primaries. But you take a look at, you know, Fetterman, uh, Fetterman beating Oz, 
Mark Kelly beating uh, Blake Masters. You look at Ron DeSantis' totals in Florida after a day after Trump came out and, and gave him, you know, the nickname to Sanctimonious. I mean, he himself, I think, has got to kind of do kind of an internal audit and say, do I really want to come out next Monday, you know, and announce this, you know, that I'm running for re-election after the brand taking a significant hit? So uh, I think all, th- all three of those factors came into why it wasn't a massive red tsunami red wave. Again, putting things in perspective, I still think the House flips, and I still think that there's a good chance that the House, the Senate goes 51-49. Uh, so, so all is not lost, but I think there's still a lot of soul searching because of what could have been. Definitely soul searching. I mean, even if you look in Nevada, I mean, I think the issues really broke down, uh, and each state was different between the the economic issues versus the abortion issues. You know, you look at Nevada; it's the it's the state that's second highest uh, strong pro choice state in the country, but it was affected so strongly by by COVID, you know, with shutdowns and airlines because it's so dependent on tourism. So, you know, I think people were making those decisions based on those two issues. In other states, it may have flipped the other way. Um, But I, listen, I think President Trump needs to do some soul searching. I don't know what that soul searching, uh, if that soul searching bears fruit because he has proven to be not a great listener in regards to uh, people talking to him. But Clearly, this is not, not only was it not a red wave year, unfortunately for us, but it wasn't a year for Trump to walk out of this and say, listen, see, all the people, all the people that I endorsed won, and that, so that means I'm the king. You could argue, Ozzy, and I, don't, I, I still think DeSantis sort of it looks small in Trump's shadow, but the redistricting in Florida probably gets the House for Republicans, right? I mean, you can credit DeSantis with the House almost. I would actually credit New York State for, for giving mm-hmm. the House, um, you know, flipping the House. I mean, to, to pick up a, essentially a sweep on Long Island and to pick up a couple of um, kind of that southern tier, central New York seats where Mark Molinaro has a little bit of lead now. Lawler is likely to, to beat Sean Patrick Maloney. Um, you know, there was as many flips in Florida as there were in New York. Uh, and I think the gerrymandering decision in Florida certainly helps at the national level, but you can't, you know, discount the margin of victory that Ron DeSantis had over Charlie Crist by almost 20 points. You yeah. can't discount Marco Rubio's margin of victory over Val, De- Val Demings raised $73 million and lost by 15 percentage points. Crazy. And I thought um, she did so, great so, in the debate, too. It was. Yeah, and look, and she and she was a good candidate compared to some of the other Democratic candidates that were out there as well. Uh, so I think I think there's a little bit of everything and a little bit of a mixed bag in this in this entire election for for both parties. Um, but I think you know if you if you're going to pick out some clear losers, certainly I think House leadership is a little bit of a loser right now because their margin of victory wasn't as big as they were anticipating. I think President Trump I would put in the losing column because his brand I think definitely took a hit. Again, he'll take credit for JD Vance, he'll take credit for Ted Budd, but the reality is is you know Mitch McConnell's super PAC spent 23 million dollars in Ohio to get JD Vance over the finish line and opted not to spend money in Arizona and got criticized for that, but it looks like they made the right choice because no money no amount of money would have I think kind of taken Blake Masters across that finish line. Yeah. yeah, but but there's a little bit of everything for everybody. You know, the other I think winner in this I think is President Biden because you know he, his brand didn't take necessarily hit. And I think what Biden chooses to do moving forward is going to be indicative of what 24 looks like. But right now, if you're President Biden, why wouldn't you want to run in 2024? Yeah, hey, listen, Ozzy, we we're up against the clock. Uh, you know how I feel. I just really appreciate your insight. I mean, I, I think that, you know, people like you and Themis, I mean, I, to me, I want to have honest conversations. I don't care if you disagree with each other or me or anybody out there, but to be able to have both 
parties and all the ideologies in one one conversation is so important. And I just want to let you know, our audience and me, we're all grateful uh, for your time. Appreciate it. Talk soon. All right, Ozzy Palomo from Chartwell Strategy joining us here in Brian and Company. Oh, we're back here. That was just, we got to come back more often because um, some of the conversations we have off mic, we got to ha- have on mic. You know, I, I've asked this of everybody, and I think I got a glint of it from you, but I, I do need to sort of go on record. You, you know, Ozzy was like, you know, I have written down words like abortion, Gen Z, Trump. What do you think? And again, like this still could be a positive day. For Republicans in the sense that I, I, you're not so convinced about the Senate, but the, clearly the, the House is going Republican, but it is not a mandate-type wave. And so I want to know your opinion as to why. I think there are several reasons why. I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't one thing or the other. I mean, I think, first of all, and I don't understand this part, you know, given the state of the economy, given the fact that people are making decisions over should they buy groceries or could they put gas in their car, and that is squarely on Biden and the Democrats in Congress and the, and the votes that they've put forward. I don't understand how that wasn't a complete, a complete. Why you couldn't mandate. win on that message? I, I don't right. even understand because you know we all know whether you're Republican or Democrat, people vote with their pockets. They they typically do now. So you start with that premise, um, then you move into the abortion issue, and in certain states that that was affected the results more than others. There's no question. I mean. I think Nevada, it could be an issue. I think in certain states you saw propositions um, and different things. and That was on people's mind. When you go to Gen X, I think that was certainly on top of mind for Gen Xers, mm-hmm. um, especially women, especially in states. Say, we live in Connecticut, and Roe is codified in statute, which means it's going to stay there unless the legislature changes it. But if you live in a state like Mississippi or Texas you know, or these other states that are either abolishing it or limiting it to, to certain um, time frames, and you don't believe in that, you're going to come out. And I think that if you believe in a woman's right to choose, you should you should believe in it for all women. Well, here's the thing about women. I'm married to a very strong woman. And what I would say is, is that for some women, it's not even about abortion. It's about what are these clowns telling me what I can and can't do? It's more about the independence and the equality of the gender mm-hmm. than the actual issue. Mm-hmm. And that's what's the thing is because there, there's plenty of women who like, listen, you know, who've, who've had that trauma happen to them in their life. And it's not, it's an emotional trauma that care you carry for your whole life. And, and so like to me, like now that I'm talking to you, I'm like, it's not so much about abortion. It's about women don't want men telling them what they can or can't do. It's about making their own decisions. You know, so it's so it's the economy issue that was more effective in some states than others, which again is shocking to me. Um, you know, then there's the abortion issue but the, with the Gen Xers and I think that they came out very strongly in that regard and then there's the Trump issue. Um, you know, the Republican Party needs to make the decision. Is the litmus test for being a Republican, do you support Trump or you do not or do not support Trump? Or is it about lower taxes, you know, strong borders, strong foreign policy, right. getting out of people's lives, limited government, you know, helping people help themselves, which is which is really what Republicans are about. And that is what we need to get back. Well, to. the latter would get you independence in Connecticut so and the former it. will not. I mean, that's just the, it's a exactly. zero sum game. And that's and if you want to win as a Republican in Connecticut, you need independents to vote for you. That's just a fact. And so I think that the, you crystallize it really well because uh, small government, balanced budgets, 
And the you know checkbook issues should have carried the day and and in, in a lot of places not all but in a lot of places they didn't. All right, Themis Claridis joining us here. A couple more minutes. You know, I talked to Ben Proto earlier this morning, the chair of the Republican Party, and you know part of the challenge moving forward is getting good candidates. And I believe strongly, like there, it's too Democrats are too dominant in Connecticut. There need you need to have. Whether it's a chamber in the state capitol or some statewide offices, there needs to be more balance in this state. So how do you get more Republicans who are strong candidates to run? Well, by getting better messengers, right? By getting strong candidates, by getting people who can win general elections. We discussed earlier, almost half of the registered, um, registered voters in Connecticut are unaffiliated. I believe primaries should be open, first of all. Um, you know, I really believe that that's the direction we should be going in. But we need to pick candidates based on who is the best candidate for a general election. We cannot go to a primary, pound our chest and say, yay, my guy won. Right. And then, no, we're not going to win a general election. No, I, I used the example of the presidential last time. Do you think like Amy Klobuchar and... And Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders and all those people that were running for president on the Democrat side woke up one morning and said, you know, I don't know why I'm running. Joe Biden's the best guy. We should support him. No, everybody got together and said, this is how this is going to go. Right. Do you want to be the Republican or do you not? And this is what we're going to do. Whether it was Donald Trump or anybody else. Do you want to beat him or do you not? Yes. Then it's got to be Biden because we know he's the only one that can really win. And the Democrats have figured something out that we haven't. As much as they dislike each other, they dislike the Republican more. Well, let's, that's a good segue for Nancy DiNardo, chair of the Democratic Party, to come in. Uh, good morning, Nancy. How are you? Good morning. I don't know if I agree that they dislike each other, but that's, that's fine. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I think you know that my point. <laughs> and historically, the, the Democratic Party has trouble sometimes coalescing because there's so there's an openness to very variable opinions. And sometimes that can lead to uh, not always unity. You know, Nancy, we only have a couple of minutes. It's really important right. to ask a couple of questions from first yeah. from a procedural standpoint. When do you think we'll know an answer in the fifth? Oh, I'm hoping that it'll be, you know, by the end of the day today. I mean, you know, um. Johanna is up, but I'm hoping that all of the results will be counted and submitted today. But I thought it was going to be earlier than last night, and it wasn't. So I don't know if you could trust my judgment on that. But yeah, you know, I, I want to. This is a question I've been putting to everybody this morning, which is, you know, even if the Republicans, which they still have, they'll take the, the House, and there's still a, a, a good chance they they get the Senate as well by a narrow margin. But there's no red. There was no red wave, and I, George Logan could still definitely win the fifth, but putting that aside, you know, the, it's a double-digit governor's race, a double-digit Senate race that got called within seconds. What, what, either what worked for your party or what didn't work, in your opinion, for the Republicans because they did not get that wave? Well, I think you know, you're looking at it like Democratic Party and Republican Party, and I agree to a certain extent. But I really do think it's the candidates that make the difference in how they campaign and get their message out. And then in the end, do they get their votes to come out and their voters to come out and vote for them? And that's how you win elections, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, unaffiliated. Um, so it really is you look at the candidates more than the, um, 
the parties themselves. And I think that makes a difference. You know, we're talking with Nancy DiNardo, chair of the Democratic Party. In terms of, you know, where where you go from here, I mean, how, how do you how do you assess it? Did did anything surprise you? Uh, did in your internals, did everything go according to plan? I mean, just give us a sense of how you look at this sort of Monday morning quarterbacking. Well, in Connecticut, I think um, we did a great job. And again, I attribute it to the candidates that we have had and who ran and won. And um, you know, I'm very pleased with our outcomes. We maintain the state house and state senate. I don't know all of the numbers, but I do believe that you know we will keep control of that. I know that a couple of the uh, constitutional races, at least last I checked, haven't been called yet. Um, but the Democrats are um, ahead in those races, so I am um, optimistic that we will see a lot of Democrats victories in the uh, state today. Well, I, we appreciate you coming on. Sorry we couldn't give you more time. We just were up okay. against the clock. But And again, you know, it's so important on this show to have both sides of the political fence, so we appreciate the uh, the ability to have that dialogue. So thank you so Ab- much, Nancy. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, Nancy DiNardo, uh, chair of the Democratic Party here in Connecticut. And we got about 30 seconds, uh, Themis. You want to talk about anything like what, you know, you can go anywhere you want. Like what's next for you? Any final thoughts on the election? Uh, it's fun to have you on, so we'll definitely do it again very soon. Just just give me your final thoughts. Well, I think this is really a, a turning point for this country in a lot of ways. I think the next two years is going to be a little bit crazy. I do agree. I mean, clearly the Republicans will take the House, not by as much as they um, anticipated, but they will. And the Senate's up for grabs right now. But you know, we, we have to nominate and elect people who really want to put the country first and the state first. And we all have a letter after our name and we believe in those basic principles. But this is about working together and making sure that we're doing the right thing uh, above all else. And and I fear that that's been lost. Yeah, country over party. I, I think I mean, you said it very well. And I appreciate you. appreciate your time. And Hopefully you'll come back soon. Uh, thank you for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.